0: Everything said on the Couplings Fire podcast are our opinions and in no way represent the opinions and values of any agency we are associated with.
1: Hey, this is the Couplings Fire podcast.
0: Here's a couple of things you might need to know or maybe you just forgot. I'm Chris. And I'm Taylor. We're married. And we're both firefighters.
1: Join us as we talk anything and everything fire-related.
0: Based on a small town rural Nebraska, we bring our unique challenges and solutions to the table every episode.
1: Our goal better the rural volunteer firefighting community, one person at a time.
0: Let's get on to the episode. It's, it's a go time.
1: It's a go time? It's a go time. Oh. Hello? right <laughs> <Anybody>
0: there?
1: <laughs> nope, no one's there.
0: <laughs> Nobody's
1: there. Nobody knows. <laughs> anyway.
0: Anyways, welcome back to the podcast, you guys. I am Taylor.
1: And I am Chris Tofer. <laughs>
0: Hopefully we will remember to do this as an actual, like, intro, so we won't actually have to remember to say it every time. I bet we will. We're gonna make an actual intro that says that. Because I am terrible at remembering to say my name.
1: Yeah, me too. So Your was... name or my name? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to the evening news.
0: I was going to say, you like slammed your paper down.
1: There you go. (laughs) Well, we hope you guys are having a good day or a good night or whenever you're listening to this here. We're going to bring you another podcast. Um, This one, another one on training. We like training, don't we?
0: We, we, apparently we like training (laughs) because most of the podcasts we've been doing from the very beginning was on training. (laughs) But it's, it's what we're so passionate about, you guys.
1: Yeah, we love doing it and we've been doing it for a little while, so Yeah. We'll bring you a lot of training, but we'll bring you a We'll we'll
0: try to scatter other stuff in here and in there and here and there.
1: <laughs> Sprinkle it on as we Sprinkling can. Sprinkle it on. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um yeah, nothing really new with us.
0: No. We did do something fun today, though. What did we do? So, um, so we did, the last podcast we did was on Les Pop right. the conference. Yeah. Um, so, today, I was able to actually bring you into the station. I was able to, since Chris didn't attend the conference with me, uh, the, the classroom, or the class sessions of the conference, I was able to teach him some of the stuff I learned in the hot class. So, I was able to actually kind of demonstrate some of the things we learned and teach him. And then we actually, uh, we brought our dog to the station to help us check trucks and do some of the things we need to do and he, he started becoming a fire dog today
1: yeah he was, we had him up in the fire truck a <laughs> big old husky up there
0: <laughs> he got a little scared he's yeah. like i've never been in this big of a truck before mom what am i doing
1: <laughs> it was funny but it was good mm-hmm. so I like bring him down get him out of the house so yeah especially he... since it's so freaking cold oh, outside. Oh, it's so
0: dang cold. And even for him, like, he does enjoy being outside.
1: He's a husky.
0: He's a husky. He, he thrives in this weather. But I, I, I'm I still leery about leaving him out for that long in this weather. Yeah. So, I, I and I'm too much of a wuss to go on walks with him right now. <laughs> so.
1: Well, it doesn't help when he goes out and just lays in the snow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He can, <laughs> he can deal with it. So. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I got to learn some new stuff tonight. Um, how to transform a air pack into a rip pack how to uh put a mask on a down firefighter Mm -hmm. and how to get hose up like two or three flights of stairs easily with like two people
0: really easily like like almost zero up a body strength with two or three people up to a third floor so So. that was
1: pretty cool a charge line yeah a, a dry line so that was pretty cool so, enjoyed it's that. It's kind of nice
0: when I get to teach you stuff, because honestly, most of the time, you've been in the game longer than I have, and you just, you're more mechanically minded, and you, set, you tend to learn things a lot easier or faster than I do, so I never really get the chance to teach you a lot of new things, so it was really fun for me to get that chance with you today, yeah, it so. Was,
1: it was fun. It was definitely different, so. Then, finding out you can roll me over dead weight on an air pack. Oh, dead
0: cool. weight over yeah. an air pack. Yeah, that was... On the first try, too. On the
1: first try. <laughs> and then I did it to you. I'm like, oh, this is harder than it looks.
0: <laughs> you were like, you did it so easy. It's got to yeah. be easy.
1: It's pretty easy. <laughs> no, nah, not quite. But. So, yeah, I guess that's one thing we did today. Bring the dog down here, exercise him, and check trucks. That fun stuff. So. Yeah. Clean up a little bit. So
0: Benefits of being on a volunteer department. You're yep. able
1: to do things like that. So Yep. And this is, for us, this is definitely our second home. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) our home away from home. And where it's snowing and freezing outside, we want to get out of the house. So, here we are. But, anywho, so we're going to bring you some training tonight. I don't know how this one's going to go for sure. I don't know.
0: We haven't... So, usually we kind of talk about our podcasts before we start recording them. And on this one, we're just winging it. So, we have a couple notes based out here, but... Uh, we, we didn't go over any of this beforehand, so bear with us.
1: So if it ends up scattered um, just try to look for the nuggets in it. <laughs> yeah and
0: because uh, this I don't think I put these in any good order.
1: Yeah I haven't even actually read through them yet. So <laughs> we'll uh, go through it here and hopefully it turns out all right. so let's just kind of go for it so okay. we did we did a podcast earlier um about uh, in-house training.
0: Yep, I think those are episodes 3 and 4.
1: Okay. You would know. I don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the organized one out of the two yep. of us.
1: This was your idea anyway,
0: so.
1: Mm-hmm. Um and what we got into on there was how to not so much how to bring outside department or outside training back into your department, but we talked about how to adapt training to your department and Actually, the last few days, I've kind of been thinking about that. I really didn't get into that as far as I want to, but... So, that's kind of what this podcast is Mm going to be, is bringing that outside training into your department, but kind of like that other podcast covered, how to adapt it to your department.
0: Yeah. So, so we all go to these... Well, I'm going to say we all. I'm assuming, if you guys are listening to this podcast you're at least a little bit like us where you're just a little bit too into the fire service.
1: (laughs) You can never be too into the fire service. You're just into it more than the average person.
0: Yeah, well, anyway, well, your your home department might think you're too into it. So you might be like us where your home department thinks you're maybe just a little bit too into it. But you, you try to bring something back from somewhere you learned, and it makes sense to you. And especially where you learned it from, they have good reasonings behind it. You try to bring it back, and... Either your department doesn't agree with you or doesn't fit their SOGs or uh, there might be a myriad of reasons why why they don't really want to implement what you want to bring back and you don't understand why. And you get frustrated with it. Well, this is kind of teaching you, we're, we're going to kind of go through of how to word things, first of all, and then how to kind of work with trying to bring something back that you want to bring back without actually having that awesome instructor that you learned it from talk to your chief officers back at home. Um, we're going to go through kind of some some personal experiences with us of things that actually did not get brought back with our department that we tried and things we learned from that.
1: Yeah. Um, there is one specific training that I think will probably stick around yeah. because it, it's That's probably... That's where we learned the most from. Yeah, it's probably the most that we've learned as training officers and... It's probably the easiest to relay what we're trying to c- tell you guys. Um, it's probably the easiest to relay that information through.
0: So Yeah, and, and to preface all this, we're not saying anything bad about your department, anything bad about our department, anything bad about our chief officers or your chief officers, or anyone's perspective on this. Uh, volunteer departments as a whole, they're they're full of different perspectives on things, and... Um, I don't want to say that anyone's wrong with things because there's so many different ways to take a volunteer fire department and different tactics and whatnot and different reasonings behind that. And some stuff you may just not know why it's being done. And maybe that's just something deeper you need to delve into. But like I said, this isn't against anyone or anything. This is our personal experience with stuff. And we want to be able to help those out there who want to bring stuff back to their departments and how to do it in a better way or maybe the best way that we found even if it doesn't stick these are things that you need to kind of or that we believe things that you should keep in mind with it when you try to bring it back
1: yes so first um, of
0: all realize that what you're bringing back uh maybe is not the right thing for your department to do
1: yeah uh the first thing I want to do here is I want to run through oh okay um (laughs) sorry this this whole scenario (laughs) that we went through Mm mm-hmm Because I want you guys to realize where this is coming from. Yeah. So we went through a training with Valor, fire training, uh, and Osceola, which is a couple hours away from us. Yes. In that training, we did a lot of, uh, we did entry, we did ventilation, um, we did search, and hose movement.
0: Sure. I don't remember it. It's like I didn't write anything down, so I'm Uh, trying to
1: remember. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that was the basis of what we did. And we did that over Saturday, Sunday. It was a weekend deal. No, it was just a Saturday deal, wasn't it?
0: It was just a Saturday. We got up at like 5 a.m. We left town at like 5 a.m. to get there on time or something like that.
1: And we were like one of the first ones there.
0: Yeah. Oh, of course.
1: Uh, Anyway. uh, If you're
0: not early... You're li- if, you- if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. Come on, honey. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Talking to the wrong person there. <laughs> um, so anyway.
0: It's a good thing you're married to me, then. Exactly.
1: We went up there for a full Saturday of training. And they have a burn building, training facility, um, all that fun stuff. So we went up there Saturday for a full day of training. And our we're in the summer months, so we have a practice once a week mm-hmm. on our home department. At this time, a lot of the COVID stuff was going on. Training had kind of gotten screwed up. Um, but so we,
0: we weren't running our normal training committee yeah. thing at this point.
1: Yeah. And so talked to Chief that night for training, and he goes, well, do you guys just want to teach something that you learned over the weekend? Sure, we can put something together. Um, what we decided to do um, was a search. We learned V-E-I-S, and we learned how to... Do like an oriented man search, yeah, using a tick and that kind of stuff. So that's what we decided to do.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say we decided to do that specifically because we wanted to do other things, but we didn't have the resources to set up what else we wanted to train on. We didn't have the props or whatever for other for things we really wanted to do. We 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 really wanted to do other things, but this is something we could we could have set up super simply, easily, and we didn't have to have anything for it.
1: Yeah. We had like a half hour to, I,
0: I think we had, we had seven hours cause we, we heard about it at noon that we need to set this up.
1: Oh, and right. so we had seven yeah.
0: hours to figure this out and we were trying. Um, and so we were trying to figure out what we could do and we ended up going with the search and VEIS part just because we, we didn't have the props to do the other things that we wanted to teach on. So it was, it really limited us to what over the weekend we could teach about. So it, we almost had no choice but to teach about the search. Anyways, go on.
1: So, yeah, we, we had a very limited amount of time to prepare for it. It was very much kind of a, almost a wing-it situation. Mm-hmm. So we had a little bit of planning we could do.
0: We decided that I did the VEIS part. So the reason I did VEIS and you did the search portion was because a couple of years ago at Luz Les Lucert, I was the one who went through that VAS class. So I had actually gotten quote-unquote training on it. I, I did get training on it, but no, I mean, yeah. I knew how to do it, and then they didn't go over it in Osceola, but it did get used with some of the scenario stuff at the end. But you did not personally go through any of that.
1: No, um, so that's why I ended I learned up... about it through uh, the DTFF guys.
0: Okay, I think you learned yeah. about it through me and then through DTFF, mm-hmm. but. Um, so that's why I decided, we decided I was going to be the one to teach the VIS because I knew more about it. And I, I had done it before in a training scenario. And you would teach the general search portion of the oriented man search.
1: Right, yep. So we decided to do VIS and search, oriented man search. And so you're set up kind of an apparatus area. Mm-hmm. We kind of made a little makeshift window wall. It wasn't the, the best, window. but it's
0: what we had. We yep. we had a wall that we used for uh, search training, usually in the basement, that we used where we could make it be a quote-unquote window where they'd have to crawl over and in, and it worked. Yep. We made it work. So
1: we <laughs> set that up. Um, I went in the meeting room, moved some tables around. We got a little kitchen in there, so I, I kind of have multiple rooms I could do it with. So that's what we decided to do. That's how we did it. Um, and basically, we went through and taught the class. Yeah. And And so we
0: split the group into two groups and half came with me and half went with Chris.
1: Yep. And what ended up happening is in the middle of our classes, our chief actually came in and basically told everyone in the group that we're never going to do this. Mm Mm-hmm. And that what we were teaching them was basically irrelevant because he's never going to let us do it. Yeah. Um...
0: And not going to lie, it was very jarring in the moment of it happening.
1: Yeah, it was very confrontational. It was very... I don't even know how to explain it. I why. understand just,
0: why he did it that way. Because he didn't want to get com- people confused. But I wish he would have done it a little bit
1: differently. We'll get into that. Yeah,
0: I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. like. Yeah,
1: but it was, <laughs> it was very confrontational. And yes, he let us finish out the practice. But he made it very clear to our members that...
0: We wouldn't um, do that.
1: We would not do it, and there's no reason for you guys to be learning this stuff.
0: Yep. So, after that point, the the training went a different turn, and that was even with the first group of each of us, of each of us that were before we had switched. So, then even after we switched, it was very...
1: Um, Nobody took it seriously. Yep. Nobody really wanted to learn it after that point. Yes. And it turned into a wasted practice, mm-hmm. which was the least of our worries, but... The main point, I I guess I want to get through this, is it was very confrontational. It was in front of everyone, and it was very much, I don't know why you're teaching this, because we're never going to do it.
0: Yeah. Almost like we should have known that beforehand.
1: Exactly. So, that is is the scenario that we're going to run with on this one, I believe. So, with that in mind, I'll do a quick run rundown here. Went to a training on Saturday... We got asked to do the training that night.
0: No. That, no, we didn't even get asked to do the training until Monday at noon.
1: Right. Yeah, we went. We went training on Saturday. Yes. We got asked to do it Monday at noon. So at seven o'clock on Monday, Monday night, we, we put it together. We did a search drill with VEIS mm-hmm. and oriented man search, and in the middle of the practice, uh, our chief came in. And said that we're not going to do this. You guys don't need to learn this. And it was very confrontational and in front of everyone in a group. And the practice for that night just went downhill. Yeah. So that's the quick rundown of how that situation worked and played out and kind of what's going on. So
0: Again, we don't hold anything against anybody on this. But we do think it's very important that people hear our experience with this and how much we've learned on implementing outside classes to our home departments. So, yeah. just so, so you know, even if we even if we sound upset and stuff, we've gotten over it. And it's just a learning experience at this point, where we now know how to do this a lot better.
1: Yeah, and we want you guys to learn it and not experience it like we experienced it. Yes, so, and if anyone. From our department is listening yeah like i said we're over it. we don't care at this point it's just
0: it's good knowledge for people yeah. to know because we didn't know how to go about this and if i would have this information that we'd have now before then it would have been so much more helpful
1: yeah. so <laughs> going <okay>. on <laughs> so um now we'll kind of get into this and go from there most departments that i know of have a handful of people that go to fire our main fire school every year uh up in grand island And here on our department, basically when guys come back, we do basically a sit down in the meeting room and people just kind of tell us about their classes. Mm -hmm. The information or what they learned really doesn't get taught to the rest of the department. And when you're only sending two or three guys up to fire school, you're sending them to learn, but you also want them to come back and teach the department. Ideally, that's, yes. That's the only way your department's going to learn and grow, you know, especially for the guys that don't go to fire school or can't for some reason.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of farmers don't like that time of year, so they just, they can't go, stuff like that. Yeah. So you want these guys that go to fire school to bring that knowledge back to your department and really make your department as a whole better. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> okay. Just making sure here.
0: You're not wrong at all.
1: So. that That uh, is...
0: Ideally, how it should go. you should Your people that you're sending to these classes should come back and be able to teach you what they learned.
1: Yeah. Basically, it helps your department grow in their knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it really reinforces what that person learned, they learned. Yes. And you're not sending them up there just to party.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and heck, if somebody can teach something, they know they know it.
1: Exactly. So, I'm sure you guys... If you don't go to fire school, it's something very much to look at doing. Um, But if you do go to fire school, I'm sure it happens on your department. So if this is you, these are things to keep in mind. So um, my next little note here is keep in mind that quick change happens slow. We mentioned that in the last podcast. Don't expect things to change overnight, and you're going to have to be patient with it. Yes. Because um, especially in the rural fire departments, usually it's an older generation that's running them Mm -hmm. for a lack of better words and they're going to be very close to new ideas for a while so be very patient and just be very slow with it don't expect it to happen right away My other note we'll get into it a little bit later here probably but if you are getting a lot of kickback from what you're trying to teach or do find that reason for why you're getting that kickback what do you mean um, why people are finding you or why people don't want to change. Okay. Find that reason for what's going on. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Okay. So
0: Even I'm kind of like, hmm, where are you going with this?
1: <laughs> we'll find out. Stay tuned for more.
0: So, so, So the next little point I want to bring up is that, as always, with everything, you guys should know this. Conditions drive tactics. Okay? So, just because... Something you're bringing back to the station, to wherever you're at, it doesn't mean you're always going to be using it for everything. It doesn't mean it's the go-to for a situation. Every fire scene is different. That's what everyone tells you. A lot of people tell me, and it drives me insane, we can't tell you the basic things you should do on a on a house fire because every fire is different. I'm like, well, thank you. But I'd like to know the the baseline of where I should be. (laughs) But I understand conditions drive tactics. If you have a fully involved house, of course you're not going to send somebody and do VAS. That is stupid. But if you have the back of the house involved, but the front of the house is untouched or mostly untouched, Why not send somebody into the front bedroom upstairs to go get somebody if they're hanging out the window yelling? You know, why should, you know, that is a different situation than having them be in the back window. But the entire house is involved, you know, kind of thing. And there's no way of saving them. There's there's so many different points or conditions to it that can happen and that's going to drive your tactics with anything you bring back. Like I said, we're we're touching on the search and V E I S part now, but just because that's what's most relevant to us at the moment. But this goes for anything. You know? Yeah. So just to know that. And for training in general, I think it's important to tell your firefighters this specific point that conditions drive tactics. It's going to change, here's the baseline, here's how you can vary from it. Mm -hmm. But it's good for them to have a toolbox to pull from, a Rolodex to pull from, of different tactics that they can use for these different situations, which is when we come back from fire conferences or trainings, what we try to bring back is that little card for the Rolodex to have in there under a a certain little section, basically, Mm -hmm. is what we try to define it as, so...
1: So I think with that, I think I will tie this in here. So, okay. going back to my point, what is the reason for doing it or not doing it? Mm-hmm. If you're getting that that resistance from the guys, in our situation, our chief said, "No, we will not do that. I will not let anyone do that." There was a reason behind it.
0: Yes, he. I believe he was thinking of the worst case scenario.
1: Absolutely, and that was our chief's. We found out. I found out later by talking to him real briefly. We never had a good discussion on it, but he was never going to send that person or those people inside to do a search because he didn't want to be the one to go to the family and say, hey, your husband died or your kid died or whatever. He did not want to do that, not on his watch. He didn't want any of his firemen to do that because that was way too risky. Mm -hmm. And that was the big reason that... He didn't want us teaching that. He didn't want to train his guys that, and we were never going to do that. There was a reason behind it. Now, that being said, I think there's other underlying reasons for that, too. One of those being just kind of a lack of being very forward here, a lack of knowledge, a lack yes. of experience.
0: Oh, I think that goes with a bunch of different tactics. If you don't know how something works, why would you use it? Um, especially if... And, and if
1: something's unsafe, especially because you don't know much about it, you're not going to send your guys in to do that.
0: Oh, yeah. And I don't I don't blame him on that point at all because if he doesn't know anything about it, why should he back it? Exactly. If he hasn't done the research on it. I mm-hmm. do understand that. And it's just... It's so. such a hard point for us when we brought this back. It's We didn't know all this stuff.
1: Right, <laughs> yeah. And being... How we knew the chief, we expect, didn't expect it to go that way. Yes, all.
0: we did not expect that at all. So, so it was kind of out of left field. But...
1: Yeah, if, if you're officers or you're getting a, a ton of resistance on it or they're just shutting you down altogether, have the conversation with them mm-hmm. and figure out why exactly they're doing it. So
0: Well, and, and another thing is if you're showing up to a scene and you have a couple of rookies and maybe one experienced firefighter in the back, you're not going to do this tactic. If you show up on scene and you know that you have two or three firefighters who have done this training before and you know they can do it, you can do this tactic if the conditions allow. You know, even if the conditions allow but you have two rookies or a rookie and someone else, you're not going to send them in there. Of course you're not going to do that. Yeah. And, and, and so it's something, like I said, it's something from your toolbox, something from your Rolodex you can pick from if you have the right guys. If you have the right conditions on scene, if it all adds up, this could happen if you trained on it previously.
1: Yeah. And that's the other thing I want to bring up. In our case, a lot of it was a lack of knowledge on how, what we were teaching, how Mm -hmm. it worked, stuff like that. But the other thing is, is it also showed the lack of training. Yeah. The lack of experience on our department. He did not trust our guys to go in and do that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I understand but that comes down to a training issue
0: well and it comes down to the fact of you the, your firefighters should know that even if you bring stuff back to training that they don't do this stuff on a scene unless they're told to they right. don't go freelancing and go doing it right you know and and I think he was worried about part of that because he brought it up with, with my section of the of the training because he didn't want people to go in and just or go start doing it on scene and he was really worried about that on my part I don't know if he was on your part but he was on my part. He was very worried about people just going and doing it. And I think that comes from the basic, in general, training of, of personnel handling in general. Where you need to make sure that your firefighters know that the basic stuff that they should be doing on each scene is okay to do without orders. But when it comes to things like this, when it's more involved, when you're actually going into a dangerous situation, they need to either have that command... Or run that buy-in officer first. Yeah. And and I think he was really worried about people just going and doing it. So that was another thing going through his brain. So all this was going through his brain at the same time. And he's like, what, a, what am I, am I going to say to these people? Like, what, how am I going to deal with this? And he just yeah. decided to shut it all down at that point. Well, not shut it down. He let us finish the training. but
1: Yeah. And that's, in my opinion, that's just a big communication issue within the whole department as a whole. Yes. And that comes down to sops sogs whatever you want to call them like you guys need to know your standards but they also need to have other things in the toolbox that they can do
0: yes so our department and we are not alone most departments we know around our area do not have sogs they hate them they think that they are bad for them they think that they keep them in a box they don't understand that they can be a good tool and that they do have SOGs. They're just not written down.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> you know, it was our quote unquote SOG that we don't go into a building without a hose line for any reason. We don't have anything written down on that. That's an unwritten rule. That is an SOG that needs to be written down. And Chris and I didn't know that. We never got told that. But it was, a, it was something that they expected us to know. It's like, well, how were we supposed to know? Yep. We never got told.
1: A a big portion of this all boils down to communication. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now, backing up here, conditions drive tactics. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) this little nugget, um, I heard it originally from Dave, Melvin and Valor, fire training. Conditions drive tactics. Now, in the Chief's head, we were never going to do this because it was unsafe. Yes. Um, We were never going to do this because you'd never go in without a hose line. We were never going to do it because it was too risky. Lack of experience. Tons of reasons.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What is missing from that is conditions drive tactics. It's yes. like when you go into a house, if the smoke levels at the ceiling, you can walk through the house.
0: Oh, yeah. Walk if you can walk. If you have to go to your knees, go down your knees. If you have to crawl, crawl. But why would you crawl in a building where you can see down to your feet and there's no heat? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so you, you definitely got to take that into consideration. Yeah. Conditions drive your tactics. So if you have a truly fully involved house, there is no livable space in that house, mm-hmm. that condition is going to drive your tactics to fire suppression yeah. and not do, in our case, VIS or the search. There is no reason to because the conditions don't allow it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a living room kitchen on fire and the bedrooms are on the other side of the house and there isn't much smoke over there, or just the conditions allow it to happen, then for sure, I mean, that's something you can pull out of your toolbox and use it because the conditions are allowing it. I think the way the chief seen it that night was, we're going to do this, no matter what the conditions are, we're going to do it. Yeah. Now, as far as never going into a house with a hose line. That can be adapted. Maybe not on the VEIS side.
0: It can, actually. Oh, yeah? Because you can still put a hose line up on the ladder to the outside of the window if you want. I mean, it's going to be really interesting, but you could have that hose line be up there with the person who's standing on the ladder orienting the person inside with the tick. He just might have to drop the tick and grab the hose line if need be. Right. Which you know but it could it could work you could do it that way you still have the hose line with you but you know if a big thing and i know flow paths are are relatively new in the fire service i don't know how much the chief knows about float paths in general i know he knows a lot about fire he's amazing at stuff when it comes to general fire stuff and maybe he knows flow paths without it being officially knowing about flow paths. Yeah,
1: flow paths have been around forever, just no one knew what they were.
0: Exactly. But. So I don't know how he knows officially of it, but, you know, when you shut that door as part of VEIS, it's, it's going to stop a lot of that fire spread in that room. So that firefighter is, quote-unquote, relatively safe, as long as you have the person on the outside orientating him.
1: hmm So... And... So that was another reason for our chief to not want us to do it. Mm-hmm. But again, conditions drive tactics. But then we get into to the other side of it where you can adapt that training. Yes. And, okay, we never go in without a hose line.
0: Okay, so how can you adapt it to go in with the hose line for those things?
1: Yeah. Okay. So say you got a crew that's going in to fight the fire and you got two guys behind them. Or may- maybe it's just those two guys. Mm-hmm. And you're going down a bedroom hallway. There's no reason why you can't tell your the nozzle man, hey, stop! Let me go check this room real quick. You check the room, come right back out to the nozzle.
0: Okay, so it's funny you say that because two years ago when I first did Les Luker conference, that is how we did a portion of it. Yeah. We actually did that where we I uh, I don't know if I was on the hose if I was on the nozzle or somebody else was. I should remember this. Maybe we did it several times. And I was both because I remember both ways, so I probably did it several times. But we actually went down this long hallway, and we did that. We searched off of a hose line. So we had someone running the hose, actively running the hose, and this backup person or two people going off to each side to check the rooms and coming back to the hose line. Yeah. Why can't you do it that way? You totally can. And it's a little bit different, yes, but overall it's the same concept. They're breaking off from the group, and they're going and checking a specific room and coming back.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And you're keeping that hose line in between
0: what the searching fire.
1: and the fire. Yes. So.
0: And then, yeah, we just talked about how you could uh, adapt VEIS possibly to, to work with that too. Yep. You know, you don't want to have a bunch of people on that ladder because that's going to get cramped as all get out. But you could still have the hose line up there in case that person, hopefully they have it around their neck or arm or something, can drop that tick and, and, and run the nozzle if they need to.
1: Right. The other thing... Um, on the V-E-I-S side of things Mm -hmm. is that is fire behavior. Yeah. So, if you do come into a victim and you say you're on that hose line, you can drag them into that bedroom that's right to your right, close the door... And get a ladder up there, you're using VEIS now.
0: Oh yeah. See actually this is something I had listed at the very, very end of this whole thing. And we'll I'm, just I'm
1: just going with this. Oh yeah, so. we'll
0: just go ahead and touch on it now. It's things like this, it doesn't matter what you bring from classes, you can always have it as a tool in your toolbox, as a as a page in your Rolodex. So if you know how VEIS works and why it works, oh yeah, if you come up on somebody and you can't get away from the fire, or even if you don't come up on somebody and you just need to get out of the way of the fire because you got in way too over your head and something bad's happening and you can't get back the way you came or whatnot, you just need to get out. If you can find a room and you can shut that door, you can do the same stuff for VEIS. Shut that door, open the window, get someone's attention, get out of there. Same thing.
1: Yeah. And you you are taking
0: a page of, of something else that was meant for something completely different and using it to fit your situation.
1: Exactly. So just because you don't use a tactic doesn't mean you can't use the information from it.
0: Yes. And I I love that because coming from any training, there's so many things that you can learn just from how things work or how you do something. And you can always adapt it. And Absolutely. you can always use it in another situation that you never thought possible.
1: Yeah. And it, it happens. I know we're talking about search here, but um, if you go to extrication. Yeah. You know. Um, they teach you how to extricate cars all the time and how to do certain door pops or hood lifts or whatever. You can take that information, and maybe your standard on a car fire is to just wrinkle the hood and get it out or something like that. But maybe for some reason you have to get a victim out there, and now you have to keep the fire from... Getting into the compartment, the passenger compartment, you know? Can you and think about the fog? Yeah.
0: Uh, where you did get, we hear about that at?
1: That was at Osceola. That was
0: at Osceola. I can't yeah. remember where we heard about that at. Sorry, you guys.
1: And so, you take fire behavior, and there is a way you can do it, and I won't explain it because I don't fully understand it.
0: You use the fog.
1: Yeah. But basically, you but, create yeah. a draft across the engine compartment mm-hmm. and keep that fire from spreading into the passenger compartment, which allows you time to extricate the patient. So yeah, you're using information and knowledge from a completely different tactic. In this case, it would be hydraulic ventilation from a house fire, and you're using that on a car fire. That information, maybe you don't use that specific tactic, but that information that you can store in your brain gives you something to work on, work with, when you get put in weird situations. And the more you understand about that, the more you can adapt it to either different situations or adapt it to your department itself. So just because you don't use that specific tactic doesn't mean you can't use the information from it.
0: Yeah, it doesn't mean you can't learn it, even if you're never going to actively use it. You never know what situation you may actually use it in. So uh, we, when I went to the Les Lugert conference this last weekend, I learned bailouts. And honestly, I don't know if anyone in our department would be okay with that.
1: Yeah, I don't Being know very either. honest, I don't es- know either.
0: Especially, they may be okay with the with the ladder one, but I don't think they would be okay with just coming out on the hose line.
1: I don't know. That's a that's a <laughs> conversation that we need to have with our chief.
0: Yes, but just saying, if I am in a life or death situation and I've never talked that over with my chief, and I have a hose line, since I've done it before, I'm going to take my chances and maybe break a leg or two, coming out of a second-story window. I would rather do that on a hose line, doing something I practiced and have in the toolbox, rather than dying in that fire. Absolutely. And it's something we never hope to use, and it's something I've never planned to use. If I can get out on the ladder or get out any other way, I'm going to do that first. Absolutely. But that is the last resort I'm happy to have in my toolbox. Mm-hmm. So just going back to, like, other things that it could relate to... I don't know if they'll be happy with me learning that. I know they probably wouldn't love me teaching other people, but...
1: You just got to learn that just because something isn't...
0: What you want to have happen every time doesn't mean they shouldn't learn it.
1: Right. And just because you don't, they don't want to do that specific tactic or train the department on that specific tactic doesn't mean there aren't other pieces of that tactic that can be used. Yeah. In our case, the VEIS...
0: Being be, able to save yourself.
1: Can be used as a self-rescue. Yeah. That knowledge in there. So definitely adapting that, uh, searching off the hose line. Like we said, we never go in without a hose line. Mm-hmm. That could have been an issue had we communicated with the chief that we could have very well adapted that to, okay, here's your hose line. You're fi- you found this bedroom or this door. Go off the hose line to search it, but you come right back to that hose line.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it could have been adapted.
0: Oh, yeah. So I guess that moves on to our next point of just basically if we would have had time to talk to our chief about it beforehand, if it not have been so... And like we said, with COVID and stuff, you guys, it was so crazy and this specific day and in general, volunteer fire departments, sometimes it does run like this. It just happens on no one's fault. And if we would have had time to talk over what we were planning to train on and how we were planning to train on it with our chief... We could have been able to talk through these issues before we got in front of a lot of people and before it became an issue. We could have made these adaptations that we're talking about, putting it more towards our actual department and how we run, before we brought it to anybody else. And that way, he, in general, everyone wouldn't have been so confused and kind of worried about what we were doing.
1: Yeah. Like I said, communication is a big it's a it's a huge key to this component mm-hmm. because you as a either a new member or even an experienced member like I, we've
0: been yeah. on the department for a long time. Um, we, at the point of this training, I had been on for uh, seven years. You had been on for eight years. Yeah, we had a lot of experience.
1: Yeah, and our, we I did not
0: know this about our, our department. Our,
1: well, in our previous chief, we learned to search without a hose line. Yeah. It was the change of Chiefs that we didn't realize things had changed. Or mm-hmm. at least I didn't. And so...
0: Well, even if we learn how to search without a hose line, I can say that we... it Still, we didn't go into house without a hose line on scene when right. it happened. Maybe we didn't think about it. And we probably didn't. But that's kind of the way it usually rolled on scene. We always had a hose line with us. That was number one. And we just... That's the way it happened. But we also... We haven't had it where we've had a victim in a house since we've been on. Not yeah. once. We've yeah. had pets, but not not a live human victim. Right. Um, so we've never had that possibility for us. Mm-hmm. So even if it was a change of chiefs, and granted we still train like this with our new chief without a hose line and stuff like that, which now confuses me too. But um, But we've never had that situation where it's come up. Yeah. in the live experience. So
1: So communication is a huge part of this and a lot of this specific training where Taylor and I were very frustrated and very upset about the whole deal could have been resolved with a 10-minute conversation or a 20-minute conversation and w- this whole thing would have been avoided. Yeah. So communication is key on this. Make sure that whatever you're bringing back to your apartment adapt the knowledge that's in there to your department mm-hmm. so if you're learning veis and your chief says no we're not going to do that no matter what okay that's that's his call
0: or maybe you're on a department that says no less than three people per team
1: yeah. okay
0: adapt VAS to three people per team adapt yeah. whatever you're doing to that you know it doesn't matter what you need to adapt it to figure out a way to adapt it to what your parameters are yeah. for your department
1: take that information okay we you know like I said, you know your chief doesn't want to do VEIS, and your chief says, no, we will not do that under any circumstance.
0: First of all, figure out why.
1: Yeah, figure out why. If it's a lack of training, a lack of knowledge, or just he doesn't want to pe- put people in that situation. Mm-hmm. That's his call to make. Yeah. You are not the chief. That's oh, his yeah. call to make, and you have to be all right with that.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, you guys, we're not telling you to go and, like, force your ideas onto your department. That should not happen. I think that is wrong.
1: Yeah. I think you're right on that. So, (laughs) um, Don't force your ideas on them, but find ways to adapt them. Yes. So in our case, like we've said before, you know, if if your chief says, no, we're not doing VAS under any circumstances, and that's the end of that story, okay, so be it. You can work on that battle later. Mm -hmm. But you do practice self-rescue or, you know, made a... Situations, writ situations, whatever. Well, guess what? You just learned how to save yourself, have you get in a bad situation.
0: Yeah, find yeah. a room, close the door, find a window, get your way out.
1: Yep, and that is a way you can adapt it to your situation, to your to your department, not your situation, mm-hmm. but your department. I and know. I instead of do- teaching it as a VEI class, VEIS class, you teach it as a self-rescue class. Mm-hmm and you're kind of, you're still basically teaching VEIS because you can still go through the concepts of it, but you're teaching it as a self-rescue instead.
0: Yeah. I know one department, I can't remember where it was, who was teaching it, but they were saying they had got their department down so good that they had set up a ladder on each side of the building at the beginning of every fire if they were going inside at all. And they would set it up to a le- to a window, on each side of the building. And that chances are they would hit that window if they needed to escape. And they would already have a ladder there. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of combining the whole self-rescue thing with the VAS thing, you know, and already having a ladder there. Even if you're not putting ladder up for VAS purposes for the self-rescue, and yeah, using that VAS training to, to self-rescue, and already having the possibility honestly, how many side, how many windows are on the side of the house? Two to three? You know, so you have almost a 50-50 chance. But on, on like, a second level, I'm saying. Not, like, on the first level. But, like, on a second level, you have a 50-50 chance of that ladder already being there. <laughs> That's a good, honestly, pretty good odds. Yeah, no kidding. So, so, I can't remember which department was talking about that. Did you hear about that, or was it just me? No,
1: I, I don't remember hearing about that. So. so,
0: it may have been just on a, either a podcast or something I was listening yeah. to, but... All right, and I want to reiterate one more time that this is our personal opinion. Nothing against our department on anything and nothing against your department or anyone out there on things. This is our take on all of this just because I don't want people to get the wrong notion for all this. And maybe I'm saying this too much, but I just... I want people to understand what we're going through and what we have gone through, and... We
1: we don't want you to have the same frustrating experience with your department as we have with ours
0: yes and i don't want you guys to think that we are hate our department for this not at all you know we are coming at this from a learning experience and how to to better bring in outside trainings yeah um and we still love our guys and have fun with everybody and you know realize some of these decisions aren't ours to make
1: yeah and just getting down to the root of Why the decisions are getting made the way they are helped a lot with our understanding of our frustration because we were frustrated for a while a while with it like this is ridiculous and and it comes
0: down to the root of communication and and that's something every department can get better at I'm sure because I think every department has bad communication I'm I'm pretty dang sure
1: so yeah (laughs) and it's just it's having that conversation with chief assistant chief whoever's making that call. And really figuring out what's going on. So you understand what's going on. You don't have that animosity. You don't have that frustration. And part of it lies on you too. You need to accept that fact that you aren't the one to make those calls.
0: Yeah. And if you don't agree with it, I'm sorry. Tough luck. Especially if you're just a firefighter. You have to deal with it. You can have those tactics in the back of your brain for, let's say, you know, life or death situations if you're in that situation. But... Don't go thinking you're going to be implementing this under your officer, you know, on a tactic for seeing stuff. That's not your place to do that. They're your officer. You should respect them. I don't care who they are. I don't care who you are. They're above you in the food chain in this case. And that's the way we should run as a fire service. That is the only way we're able to, to stay as effective as, as we are. As yeah. a fire service, absolutely. And if you start disrupting that order of things, it's not going to bode well from your department.
1: Yeah, and if you start doing these things on your own, then you're basically freelancing, and <laughs> that's going to get you killed. So we're well, not promoting it that at all. could be. <clears throat>
0: you know if you start doing things away from the from what they have as a bigger picture, it, you never know where it's going to take you.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we don't promote that at mm-hmm. all either. So all right, so that is a general rant.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way we'll, of putting it. <laughs> and we'll,
1: we'll kinda, I'll kind of summarize this. We'll kind of summarize this come to the end. But um, so th- some other quick, quick-ish nuggets here for you. Like I said, communication is key, um, especially when you're training people. I said it before in this podcast that if we had sat down with our chief beforehand, before we had planned this practice, before... We planned a lot of our practices well
0: even if we would have okay i know we're all busy but even if we couldn't have taken time way beforehand if we could have spent the 10 minutes before practice started even if practice started 10 minutes late
1: yeah to
0: talk to our chief about it since he didn't know what was happening to tell him what we were planning on doing we could have adapted it that quick
1: yes we could and have. figured
0: out a plan so it's never too late to figure this out and yeah. even if practice starts 10 minutes late one time, it'll be okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Your, your chief needs to know what you have planned and make sure it falls within the department's mm-hmm. guidelines, we'll say. Um, and make sure it's going to cover what they expect to see just in general. If, if they want you to hook to a hydrant a certain way, have that conversation with your chief or that officer and say, okay, this is how I want to teach them. And they're gonna be like, no, I wanna see it done this way. Mm-hmm. You're gonna change your change it and adapt it to doing it that way so it's what they want to see.
0: I think I keep getting stuck on this podcast to get the VAS and search stuff, and I know that's not the only way this translates out there to everyone listening to this, but that's just keep what that's what I'm thinking of because that's the most recent thing that happened to us.
1: Well, that, that was the most Notable imp- impressionable and notable. Yeah. One, so
0: and and I know it it goes with a bunch of different things you guys might take away from other outside classes, you guys. This goes for a bunch of different stuff. Not just VEIS, Not just search. That's just what I just... I keep forgetting that this happens with other things, too.
1: Absolutely. And that communication is huge on all those topics. So, and in, in our department, unfortunately, it's just... It's hard for people to make that time. And for Taylor and I that are so passionate about this and spend all the time in the world with this fire department, it's hard for us not to to understand, it's hard for us to understand why they don't have the time to do it.
0: Yep, but and we are trying every day, to to, honestly, overall, loosen up and understand. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: every department has a human element. There's gonna be miscommunication. There's gonna be things that happen, and you have to be all right with that. Um, I don't know where I was gonna. I think all these got hit on. I think so, but. I, um, this
0: may have been very scatterbrained, you guys. We are very sorry. But we wanted to have this in a, a general conversation as we could. Yeah. And I think we did pretty good on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This, the huge thing that I take away from this, because this experience, like I keep saying, was very frustrating, very just kind of bad for our attitude towards, a fire, towards our fire department.
0: Oh, I know. I was, and I'm just going to open up to you guys. You guys... If you've kind of been paying attention, I have anxiety. Um, this did not go well for me for a couple months after this happened. Yeah. And it really beat down my confidence for a while, and it was hard for me to even want to come back to practice. Not not because I hated anybody. That's not the point. That's not what it is, but just because my lack of confidence in general, and then going and teaching this class and getting shut down with stuff in the middle of it. It really hurt.
1: That's where I wanted to go. <laughs> it, um,
0: it, it really, really hurt. Yeah. And it was, it was tough for me to get back. And honestly, it wasn't until here recently, which this has been, what, five months since? Six well, months probably since? Probably.
1: Something like that.
0: And it's taken me this long to finally get back to where I was at that point. Yeah. And it, it sucks to get set back that far.
1: Yeah. And I guess what I wanted to bring up with that human element part, what I was trying to get at is if you're a fire chief or if you're an officer and you have that responsibility to say no this isn't right mm-hmm. try your best not to do it in front of the whole group
0: yeah and i know they didn't think anything about this yeah they weren't they weren't thinking about how i was how i personally was going to take this they uh, a lot of them may not know the anxiety stuff that I have because I don't broadcast it to right. everybody. You do because you're my husband and, you, you know, <laughs> you have to deal with that every day. So you understand. And now everyone listening to this understands that too. But the officers, other firefighters, I don't broadcast it to them. I honestly try not to talk about it if I can to most people just because I don't want it to be another preconceived notion about me. So how are they supposed to know that I was going to take it this way? Um, and it goes back to our last podcast with how treating people how they want to be treated, not how you would want to be treated. So they weren't thinking about how I was going to take it, how I would want to be taken aside and talked about this or whatever, even if it was just for a quick two minutes, even if I had to stop the practice, say, hey, can I talk to you for a couple minutes and then bring it back to the full class and I could switch it up. Mm-hmm. That would have been better for me than just saying it in front of everybody. But they didn't know that. And I don't blame them for that at all. It, it, it did... It did set me back a, a few months on confidence things b- because I had grown so much, especially in those few months to to get up to that point. Um, so it did set me back quite a bit. but they didn't know that.
1: yeah, well, even even from my perspective, and I know I'm a generation underneath our chief, and I take things a little bit differently, but just the way it had happened, I even I would have been appreciated. Going aside and talking about it, even if it was in the middle of class. Yeah, instead of talking about it in front of the whole group and just kind of almost destroying me, you know, she's like, I felt like I just, yeah, kind of got destroyed in that whole conversation, and it almost turned into an argument in front of the guys, which never needs to happen. Yeah. So if you if you are a chief officer or and have a say in that or something, if you do need to change practices or if it's not what you want to be seeing pull those instructors aside honestly the people in the group
0: oh yeah the people in the group will probably not even care or know what's happening in the middle of practice when you take that instructor aside and talk to them you know like they honestly probably won't care like they won't know what's happening and then you two will know what's happening and be able to figure out a game plan and be able to fix it yeah or I, I, stop it and switch to a different practice. I don't know. Like there, yeah. there could have been so many different ways that that could have come. That could out have been of,
1: handled a lot, a lot different. Yeah, in my opinion. So, um, I feel, I yeah. feel like that's probably kind of common courtesy anymore. But
0: we're we're also out from a different generation, it, so. Chris, yep. than what a lot of people
1: are. You're right. And, and like I said earlier, yeah. you know, the, the fire service, especially the volunteer side, is ran by a lot of older generation people. And that's fine. That's the way it Well, works.
0: especially here in the rural area, a lot of them are, for lack of better words, quote-unquote farm kids who are kind of used to getting things done or talking to a certain way. And they might have that tougher skin, and I, I don't care if I'm called a yep. pansy. I don't know. Whatever.
1: <laughs> my, I guess my concern out of it, out of, yes, you need to have respect for that person that's doing that training, but even in general, as a fire department you don't want that to turn into an argument in front of people either
0: oh no that should be the last thing that you'd yeah. want
1: it creates a lot of animosity in the fire department a lot of unneeded
0: and, animosity yeah. even stupid some of that like some of the things that happen in volunteer departments are so honestly stupid like why no, does it happen exactly.
1: so. <laughs> all right so <laughs> now we're going to go back at, back to the original topic of bringing outside training to your home department And we'll just do a quick, brief summary. Okay. So, number one thing, have the communication with your chief, your officers, whoever that needs to be. Make sure what you want to teach is something that they want to do first off. Yes. If they don't, find out why and either talk to them about that, give them reasons, or whatever the case may be. But if they ultimately decide not to that is not your call Mm -hmm. as a firefighter. That is not your call. They have more seniority. Second thing on there is whether you do that tactic or not, it's still good information to have in your head and you can adapt it. Yes. And that's really what this was kind of supposed to be about was adapting it for me Mm -hmm. and adapting it for us being the VEI class and a search class. We could have, we could have adapted that to our department very easily Yes. Had we known what our chief expected and his concerns were, mm-hmm. we could have changed our search with no hose line to a search with a hose line and or a search it, off a hose line. I
0: guess that's my uh, advocation too. even if you're a small rural voluntary department, even if you think they're stupid, even if you think they're restraining, you need to have SOGs because then you have people, otherwise you have people like us who have been on for eight and seven years and going out... And bringing these back, not understanding that you don't want that done. And we don't know why. And it's yeah. because we don't have that many house fires a year.
1: Yep. So communication, being art right with the decision, adapting it. Always remember the conditions drive your tactics. Yes. So.
0: That is a big one in this one.
1: And that's, in my opinion, that's a big one to bring up to your officers yeah. too. That is, that is
0: more for the officers and the firefighters just because. Just because you're bringing something back to your department doesn't mean they have to use it as the first tactic. That's not what it's for. Sometimes it could be the last resort. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. okay, but why not train on it? Yep. Absolutely. High risk, low frequency situations. Yep. <laughs>
1: um, adapting back to the communication. Like I said, make sure your chief or your your officer's Know what's going on. Have that conversation with them before practice.
0: Even if it even if it stalls practice for a little bit, take that time make because sure, it is important.
1: Make sure what you want to do and what you want to see done aligns with what they want to see done. Yes. All right. So that's a brief rundown. We don't want to see people get frustrated like we do. We're very big in the go-getters in <laughs> the fire department. I can't stress this enough because this was a super frustrating... <laughs>
0: This is this such such a frustrating deal, you guys, and we, we've gotten over it now, but it took a while, and we understand it, and we're trying to, we're trying to make it better for others in our place because we don't want to see others in the same spot. Yeah. So, we're trying to tell other people what we didn't know at that time.
1: I will tell you this. After that training, I actually resigned from being the training officer. I was so frustrated and upset with things that were going on. That's how that's the extent of the frustration that I had, but it all could have been avoided. Yeah. So, communication is huge. And then, just the general uh, attitude towards people and courtesy for people. You know, if you do need to stop training as an officer or whatever the case may be, make sure it's done almost in private, if at all possible. Yeah. So. All right. So the other training i want to bring up here adapting to a department is i went through a attacking the fire scenes class oh, a yeah. fire scene i remember or at this fire school yeah our crosslays
0: i think that was with uh,
1: direct tactical
0: direct tactical uh, out of what aren't they mostly out of omaha
1: lincoln and omaha okay so really good group of guys I don't know that they're doing trainings anymore I think their schedules kind of got all mixed up because they were from a bunch of different departments and stuff but um, if they are still doing trainings they are great to work with and I encourage it by all means so uh, a big portion of this class that I took was stretching crosslays and they had a whole bunch of different crosslays that you could do we had just switched to the Minuteman here not long before I went to that class And that was the cross-lay that they were stressing. It was um, one of the more efficient cross-lays. And that's everything that the paid guys, for lack of better words, were kind of switching to. Because it worked the best for everyone, it seemed like. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, we had just switched to it. It worked great for me. I got a lot of practice, a lot of training on it. Fast forward here to where we are now. I have to say, unfortunately, because it's my opinion... Unfortunately, we have switched back to the AAA.
0: Yep. I don't know if any crosslays wrong to use as long as it's the right one for your department and what you go to all the time. Now, personally, I don't believe AAA is the right one for our personal department with what we go to, with what we stretch crosslays on, but that's where I'll end it there.
1: Yeah. And that comes back to that's not our decision to make. Yes. There's reasons behind it. We don't personally...
0: Agree, Agree with, it.
1: with it. But that's not our decision. We have to live with it. We have to make the most of it.
0: Yep. Exactly.
1: So back to what I was saying here. Uh yeah. So now we switch back to the triple Mm-hmm. I can teach a class on pulling the triple A. No problem. Easy. You just pull it, relay it, pull it, relay it. No big deal. But I can adapt what I've learned. To do the Minute Man, like when you pull that cross lay, you know if you grab that first coupler and pull it out with you, you know you have fifty foot out of the door. Mm-hmm. So if you have a nozzle in one hand and the first coupler in one hand and the other hand, you have fifty foot at that front door. Yeah. Most people don't know that.
0: Okay, but with the AAA, what's
1: the AAA? You can do the same thing. It doesn't. It doesn't come out the same way as say the Minute Man. But you still know that when that hose hits the ground, if you find that first coupler and take it with you to the door, you have 50 foot there.
0: I don't think I've ever realized
1: that. Yep.
0: You've never gone through this with me. (laughs) So,
1: you can adapt. Okay, so maybe you go and learn the minute man. Yeah. But your department runs a triple A. Okay. Like our department does. So, you pull that triple A out and you clear the bed. It's all on the ground. You go back and find that first coupler. And pull it with you. You have fifty foot at the front door.
0: But well, how do you never find the first coupler?
1: You just follow the hose back.
0: That's a lot of. That's that's really far that way though. To go find the and first coupler.
1: Your, let's see here. The first one.
0: It's all the way back of the truck.
1: It shouldn't be. It should be about halfway back. Okay. If you divide it in threes. It should be about halfway back to the truck. But either way, that's still knowledge that you gain from doing that Minuteman or in that class. Not even necessarily the Minuteman, but in that class, I gain that knowledge of grab that first coupler in one hand, grab the nozzle in the other. You walk to the front door, you got 50 foot. Okay. So then the other side of it is when you do a Minuteman, you put that bundle down. Your person behind you grabs two loops and walks back towards the truck where you grab that coupler and a nozzle and walk towards the house. It flakes it all out. You don't necessarily have to do that on the triple A, but let's say you have a of room and you don't clear that bed. You know that you can pull the rest of that bed out, and your second man can take a loop and go one way, and you can go the other way, and it'll flag out.
0: Well, yeah, but if you're going to the sides, it's not going to help you when you go into the house. So
1: this is pull true. You can But. But you still you can still take what you learn and adapt it back to how your department works
0: yeah i know we were talking with one of our friends and he was saying that they love the AAA, but they use it a lot on car fires well that's different than using it on a house fire when your house is sitting how many feet back or how many yards back you know like what well, we found our houses and sit how far back
1: mm, what was our average 20 15 to 20 yards was our average yeah
0: you know, so for that, it didn't make sense with the AAA. In our opinion, with the AAA, just because actually of how, it
1: was twelve to fifteen is what it was.
0: Oh, I thought it was like sixteen or twenty or something.
1: Okay, so let's say fifteen. Because I thought I don't remember. Because I thought
0: remember. I thought fifty foot.
1: Yeah, it was about fifty foot. Yeah.
0: So. Anyways, we we had a we had a friend who who loved the AAA for for car wrecks and stuff or car fires and stuff like that, and it, it was great when you were going up on something like that where you could. Plake it out from side to side of the truck and it didn't matter. You weren't trying to lug it inside of a house and around corners and stuff like that, you know. You have big open space. It was fine. He wasn't on our side of things doing, you know, like most of the time when we pull crosslays would be for house fires or things, you know. Yeah. So it definitely depends on what you're going up against. If you're going up against like super rule settings where like, you're going up to like farmhouses that are however many yards back, like crazy amounts, of course AAA is going to be fantastic for you. If you're going to do uh, commercial buildings that are however far away or just straight shot to where you need to go to, why not AAA? It might work fantastic, you know? But when you're doing the typical residential that are like, what, you said 16 yards away.
1: In our town, yeah. In
0: our town specifically, it doesn't <clears throat> make sense. To to Chris and I. And it, it's just, sorry, going off on a rabbit trail there, but...
1: Yeah. <laughs> we'll have that debate some other day, but anyway, so the information, what I'm trying to get out here is the information that I got from running the Minuteman was great when we were in the Minuteman, but when, when we switched back to the AAA, I could still take a lot of that information that I learned at that class doing the Minuteman and transfer it over to, there's still concepts that work in the AAA. And then I can still teach people when we pull the AAA, well, you can do this too, and it'll solve this problem, or it'll do this. Mm-hmm. So, there's constantly ways to adapt what you learn at a school or a class to adapt to your department.
0: Yeah, even if you don't bring everything back verbatim.
1: Yep. It, just because they you learn the Minuteman at at fire school doesn't mean you have to come back and change your department to the Minuteman. Yeah. You can still use the AAA. There's still information that comes that you will get from doing that Minuteman that you can transfer over to the to the AAA. Mhm. So.
0: I think we've ran out this conversation, honey.
1: I think so too. <laughs> I wish I get. I wish I had more examples, but. Uh, I just, we just had I the big think. one that sticks in our head. Yeah, that's that's the big one. That was the frustrating one. That was the one that we learned the most from. Yeah. And just know there's always information whether you do that tactic verbatim. You,
0: you like can, that word now, don't you?
1: Whether <laughs> you can bring that back and do it straight on your department and teach guys to do that, that is the easiest, that is the best way to do it. But a lot of times you'll get some resistance doing that. And so you have to take what you learned and pick the knowledge out of there that works and adapts to your department.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: If you guys have more to add to that or got questions, whatever, hit us up. I'd love to hear about it. I love talking about this.
0: I'd love to say we'd have more details for you guys if you contact us separately, but I don't know if we really have any more details. I will
1: give you an answer. I will find an answer.
0: Yeah, we, but we pretty much said exactly what happened. And yeah. down to the... Minute detail, almost. It just almost. may not be
1: very organized. So, if you're confused about that, <laughs> if you're confused, let, let us know. Um, maybe an email will work better, a phone conversation or something. I don't know. I'm not yeah. quite sure. But we'll make it work one way or another. So, communication, condition drives, tactics, adapting the information to what you do. And, again, back to the communication. You got okay. anything else to add?
0: I think that's it.
1: All right. Well, you guys have a wonderful night. I hope this was informative for you. Is informative a word? <laughs> Can't even informative? It.
0: informative? Yes.
1: Informative? <laughs> sounded funny. You're starting to get tired. It just sounded funny. All right. Well, have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening to our rant tonight. Yes, and, thank uh, you. We'll catch you next time. So.
0: All right. See ya.
1: Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it.
0: Be sure to leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening to us.
1: Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Couplings Podcast.
0: See you next time.